Log Talk Radio. Good day, everyone. You are listening to One Love Rising on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Heidi Little, and Bob Challenger should be flooding in here at any moment. I am privileged, honored, and super excited to introduce my guest today. We're going to be talking with Seth Safandos, and uh, he is a relational alchemist. So what do we have here on Seth? We have transformation through conscious connection. The most important relationship in life is our relationship to self, followed equally by our intimate relationships and our relationship to earth. He assists souls in developing acute, real, rooted skills and postures around cultivating a deep connection to self through practices of vulnerability, masculine, feminine, whole emergence, authentic empowerment, and sovereign, relation, or sovereign leadership. It is by creating harmony, meaningful connection, and congruent truth in our relationship that we evolve and expand our consciousness. Deep pain is caused by being in disconnection within our relationships that we lose ourselves and lose hope for living a full life. He deeply assists a general population of humankind in bridging that gap between the pain of not knowing oneself, being disconnected from needs and purpose and worth, and the... Art of Living in Alignment in Harmonious Relationships. Amazing and beautiful. Steph Safandos, how are you, my friend? I'm well. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm super excited to have you on the show. And uh, there's a lot happening these days. And um, where are you? You're you're calling in from Australia, right? That's where you're located right now? I am, yes. I, uh, I just... Back a couple of days ago, yes. Beautiful. And Steph, why don't we just start off with um, the question of oneness? You know, if I'm to ask you, what do you think about oneness? That's pretty much my first question. What is oneness, <laughs> Steph, upon those? <laughs> in context to relationships? Um, in context to however you you prefer to speak about it. And you can do all the levels if you like. Absolutely. However you want to look at this question is perfectly Wonderful. perfect. Powerful, mm-hmm. powerful question. For mm. me, oneness uh, symbolizes a, a unity in consciousness, a connectedness that exists and permeates between every, every sentient and every conscious being. In other words, we really operate from a place of just that oneness. So whilst we have individual expressions, we really, when we are communicating with our environment, whether it be people, whether it be earth, whether it be a tree, whether it be an object, a subject, uh, a uh, sentient being or a non-sentient being, effectively we are communicating with aspects and parts of ourselves. We are interacting with aspects of ourselves or what we see outside of ourselves is really a projection of what is inside of ourselves and and vice versa so it's cyclical so for me that 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 unity or that oneness it, it really brings us together it's a perspective that allows us to be inclusive as opposed to exclusive so instead of segregating uh, people mm-hmm. objects whatever it may be and causing division in our minds and in our hearts with respect to who we are and who they are, what we actually do through concepts of oneness and what we effectively embody is a connection, 
and a realisation that we are all connected and that we are really all one. And what I do, how I behave and what I choose to embody will affect everything in my consciousness, everything in my reality, my observable reality. And that, that applies for everyone. So when we begin to come from a place of oneness, it really is an inclusive posturing. And that way we very we have become mindful, more aware of the words that we speak, the power that our words carry, the actions and the gestures that we exhibit in life. We become more aware, and uh, you, you and I have spoken about this before, but that term selfish selflessness. We simultaneously choose to guide our own path whilst, of course, being present to the path and journey of others because effectively they are reflections, embodiments of who we are. So it becomes a different way to view the world and it's deeply non-segregalist as opposed to being exclusive and coming from a place of fear and constriction. It comes from, the posturing comes from a place of love and unity identification. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love that what we choose to embody permeates us. I think that Mm. that is um, a really... um, um, powerful statement and understanding that's huge um, and just with all the different levels of consciousness we're dealing with on the planet here uh, mm. thank you for that beauty um, Bob has showed up so let's bring Bob in <laughs> here we grow hi Bob hi hello hi Heidi oh, hi. and uh, hi, hello Bob. Steph nice hello Bob you. how are you you too lovely to meet you through the digital world yeah, uh, so uh, I only heard a little bit about, uh, about the last 45 seconds, perhaps, of what you were speaking about, but it, it all resonated mm-hmm. with me, so um, I'm looking forward to hearing more. So I'm here to Yay! listen. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm very happy to have both of you guys uh, circling up with me tonight. I think that it's um, it's huge. Steph, you know, I didn't, I've been following you on Facebook since we met at the Divine Feminine, Divine Masculine Summit that Destiny Palladian put on uh, last week. Mm. And I had the wonderful um, honor of interviewing Steph with my co-host Karen Palmer on that show. And that's how I found out about Steph. And I was blown away. He said... I've been telling people this all week, just so you know. He said, and I quote, wash your woman's feet every night. He said, learn her light and love language. And he said, support her in her dreams. Learn her dreams, learn her hopes, and support her. And I was so blown away. (laughs) I said, yeah, oh, my God, I love that. And can you teach every man on earth, please? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm still resonating with that. I have told women and men from the ages of 20 to the ages of 80, and every single one of them said, great, how do I get in touch? Where is he? How do I find him? So <laughs> hallelujah, it's time. People are going, okay, great, we love this. And um, – Okay, so clearly uh, you understand um, and, and, and are permeating the oneness and the love that is rising, and I thank you for that. And um, can you tell us um, 
a little bit about the work you've been doing uh, and just kind of catch up us, catch us up to speed on the types of things you've been involved with lately? Yes, of course. So, it, you know, the, my own personal revealing and revelation has not come without being immersed into the contrast of that and to the polar opposite of, of what that has been or what, what I embody or choose to embody today. And, of course, I, I embody that in a, in a deeply imperfect manner as well. It's not always getting it right per se, but the intention is always there and uh, I hold it very true and very dear to my heart and at the at the centre of my own awareness so that I may embody that more often than not. Uh, but with respect to what I've been involved in lately has really been the, the transformation of the way we relate to ourselves and the way we relate to each other. <clears throat> and again, really building foundations upon or of inclusivity and connection and realisation that we are relational beings. And through that understanding and through that that truth we are actually able to relate to each other with far deeper clarity far greater efficacy with a deeper meaning and there's a fulfillment that comes a meaning and fulfillment and ultimately a happiness that comes from living in that way so it's really assisting people and let's let's really be honest like we we teach what we need to learn the most as well so as I'm mm-hmm. as I impart this, this was into my own personal experiences and through um, through through various through various forms of uh, I suppose intellectual material, and emotional connection, and, and spiritual evolution. I'm I'm really learning a great deal about myself and, and learning a great deal about the beautiful people that I'm blessed to to work with in varying capacities. So when we immerse ourselves in anything, we we generally become quite proficient at it. When we are consistent and we expose ourselves to any area of life, we become quite quite proficient. We become quite adept in that area. It's just I'm so deeply inspired by evolving my own self and the way I treat other people that I I choose to uh, teach people how to do the same through my own experiences. So... Some people may deeply resonate and others may not, and that's okay. Like we're all on a, on a different journey, so we all resonate with different uh, energies, different people, different ways of expression, different um, personality types, uh, different learning material, uh, wisdom, knowledge, etc. So mm-hmm. in short, uh, where, where I've been is just really assisting people in transforming primarily the relationship to self in order to enhance and evolve and really maximise the potentiality of the way they connect to themselves, feel about themselves, see themselves, but also how they relate to others, especially um, men and women in particular in this masculine-feminine dichotomy of this, this be-and-do energy, this go-and-flow, this harmonising our contrast within um, to, to create deeper levels of, of connected wholeness within. So we're not so fractional, fragmented and scattered in life, because I've I've been there, and I've experienced that, and it's it's horrible to say the least. Like it's mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 deeply isolating and lonely and painful, and we just hurt ourselves and we hurt others, and it's just not it's not a path I want to live anymore. So for the last few years, mm-hmm. I've been really committed to uh, 
transmuting that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I saw. I, I know it's amazing. I saw, and it's true. You know, you, you hit the nail on the head with with um, the pain and the suffering and and the and the things that uh, humankind is going through. And um, you're obviously an energetic being. Bob, I know, is an energetic being. I myself, or we all are energetic beings, but some of us are very, very conscious of that energy. And um, and as more people are becoming more and more conscious of that energy, the teachings are, are becoming increasingly important. And uh, I saw mm. that you did some work with children also, that you've been working um, in the in the world with children. Can you tell us a little bit about mm. that also? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was, I was very blessed uh, a few months ago to be a, a mentor and a keynote speaker at a, at a youth leadership summit in Sydney, Australia. Uh, Magic Moments is the organisation. And actually yesterday um, I was uh, a mentor and a, and a speaker at a, at a, at a day event um, here in Western Australia, uh, Leading Youth Forward. And that is uh, the organisation is, the organisation is fantastic, actually. Um, they, y- y- yeah, they, they are just uh, an amazing organisation, both Magic Moments and Leading Youth, and leading youth Forward. Um, they really they help disadvantaged youth. Uh, they provide mentorship, guidance, uh, varied structure, opportunities to varied skill sets to enhancing skills to enhancing one skill set, um, and and providing children with with self confidence and love and um, the ability to be supported uh, during their formative years. Really, um, when I say children, the youth. I mean anywhere sort of from thirteen to uh, well. The magic moments are a little bit older, so 13 to 20, 21 even, and leading youth forward is more like um, 12 to 15, 16 at the at the most. So slightly different age demographics, but yeah, very blessed to to uh, be a part of that and just and share my wisdom and my experiences. Um, and we all have that, of course. We all have embodied wisdom and shared experiences that we that we can impart. And uh, it's amazing to observe these children, these these young people, these leaders of tomorrow. Um, they're, they're hyper intelligent. They're, they're not only hi- they're hyper intelligent in, in multiple ways, not just cognitively hyper intelligent. They're emotionally connected. They are spiritually aware. They they have uh, um, a spatial awareness as well of their surroundings and their environment. They're so sensitive. We society just beats it out of them. You know, society through its systemic oppression and its segregating, compartmentalizing ways just beats. Uh, just pulls this 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 love and adoration that a, a young person has out of them in so many different ways. So to allow to really create a safe space, and that's effectively what these organisations do, is create a safe space for people to express, to be vulnerable, to be open. And if we can do that mm-hmm. at, at a young age, what we're what we're doing is we're setting up our society of tomorrow to be a more equipped society, to be a better society, a kinder society, um, because it becomes ingrained in our neurology, becomes ingrained in our behaviours. We don't know any other way, and that's a good thing, because right now the way we know as a collective, as a mass collective, is to be violent, is to be aberrant, is to be segregating, is to come from fear, um, is to be in this consistent cycle of fear and pain, doubt and confusion. We don't, we don't need that. We don't need to be perpetually in that cycle. We can... We can experience that because that contrast and that gives us uh, a reference point for life and living. Mm-hmm. And then through our own consciousness, our own evolution of how we've developed, we can 
really, really evolve ourselves in, in many different ways. So having an opportunity to <clears throat> speak openly to young people is, is, a, is a gift and it's uh, something I'm deeply grateful for. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for that great work. Um, I think you know that uh, Bob and I are on the uh, board of International Children's Month. I don't know if you know this or not, but we're the co-founders of that organization. And so we are always um, on the lookout for uh, youth that are doing um, empowering things, you know, things that are, mm. are helping them to grow and move forward <laughs> in the world. And uh, I've been substitute teaching the last couple of weeks, and uh, <laughs> I was in a room um, and that had 76th grade students go through it in, in, in eight hours. And uh, it's a public school system. Wow. And it's been 15 years since I've done that type of work, and I usually do enrichment and nourishment activities. So it's a completely different ball game. And so to see them in their environment that they're living in every single day and how they are, I would say 80% of them were totally wounded. Um, they all had, they had 80% of them had behavioral issues and 20% um, of them really, really wanted to excel. Only 20% out of all the children that I saw that day. Mm. And so, it really gave me like a whole bunch of red flags because we're already doing the work. We're getting out there, right? Yourself included. We're getting out there. We're doing the work. We're, we're, we're working in the communities and becoming more and more activated. But mm. I'm telling you this and sharing this with everyone is because we really need to get active in the community. These kids mm. and these people, the people, the adults, the children, everybody is needing it. And I'm not saying that from an ego place. I'm saying that from a truthful place. There is a need that is not being met right now for people to have authentic relationships. That's why I think what you're doing is so awesome. I love it. Um, Thank you. Can you tell me, please, uh, your, um, what, when you hear the word love, what do you think about the word love? What do you feel about the word love? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I've been writing on this for some time. I actually just wrote a, a blog the other day, and I did an article on the um, the conditional nature of of, of human love. Um, what do I think of the word love? I, I, what immediately comes to mind is that love love is all there is. Love is love is everything. Love is undefinable. That's that's really. Let's leave it at that. Love is undefinable. Love is so <laughs> so powerful. So so immense and it is the, the governor of all that is that I, I don't know if human intellect and especially the English language being so limited, but language in particular being so limited um, and emphasis particularly on the English language uh, could even define love. I don't know you're not asking me to define it, you're just asking me to, to respond to what I think of when I, when I hear the word love. I, I'm in awe, I'm in rapture <laughs> of the word love. Um, and for Yay, me, it's just undefinable. Yes. Uh -huh. It's an embodiment. Uh -huh. it's, a, it's a full embodiment of being. It's, a, it's an alignment that takes place that is beyond uh, uh, verbiage, beyond uh, intellectual comprehension and is something that can only be felt and embodied when we are completely uh, in, in our intuition in, in where uh, all of our centres are in complete alignment and, and opening. Beautiful. I love it. I love that. Mm. That's wonderful. Yes, 
Yes, yes, yes. And and that's that would be how I define it also. So thank you. <laughs> that's a great answer. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I ask it because there are a lot of people out there who don't know how to find their way. And hmm. and when they hear the word love, you know, they have different Hollywood ideas about it or, yeah. you know, different um, understandings of it. And and um, and I see it. I see it when people ask questions on on um, social media and when they're responding to posts. You know, uh, and if they can just get to that space, if we can all just get to that space of um, open, vulnerable, mm. able to conduit our source energy out into the world, you know, and do it without being afraid and and um or judgmental of others you know just being open and loving and caring this you know this mm. is this is the, the space where i would love everybody to get to because once mm. we can get there i think that all the problems will just fall away as people yeah. really come into themselves you know and really understand um their relationship with their source self you know and just be just be that that that's which we are you know, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, when you are teaching or sharing or working or coaching in practices um, uh, of, um, let's say, authenticity, because I'm feeling that word right now. So, mm. you know, when you're working with, with authenticity, okay, and you're working with people in authenticity, um, you know, I, I think what I want to know is like how you coach them or what kind of exercises or what kind of um, space are you holding when you're with them um, so that they can, they can get there. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, I feel it does. Yeah. Um, okay. So firstly, want to create a very safe space for anyone that I work with in a one-on-one capacity, even in my workshops and in larger groups. So whether they be small workshops or, or workshops of, uh, you know, 100 people or a couple hundred people or whatever it may be, is uh, is holding safe space, like really, really mm-hmm. holding. And what that means is that they know that they intrinsically know. And it's not, again, not only limited to an intellectual knowing, but they know, they feel in their body that they, the nervous system can relax. So they can be themselves as much as possible. They can express mm-hmm. their truth and not and not feel this overwhelming or overpowering thing that paralyzes them from speaking or communicating in whichever way, shape, and form their truth. So, creating that safe space and that's done in various ways. That's that's held in various ways. Then it's it's gaining clarity on what authenticity is and and simplifying that as much as possible. So people have a reference point to go from. So for me, authenticity mm-hmm. is when we're able to. When we, when we hold an idea or a thought, an emotion, a feeling, a belief system, a model of reality or multiples of that within ourselves and we have clarity on that, at least in some capacity. And then when we express that outwardly, we'll behave in alignment. So when there's a mirroring of that internal state with our external state, the way we relate to people, interrelate, the way we treat others, the way we treat ourselves overtly as well, the way we really relate and communicate with people. When there's a mirroring that takes place there, that's authenticity. That's truthful openness. 
what often happens in our society is we feel something or we experience something within ourselves, but we either choose not to express it or we express the antithesis of that. So we might be really angry at something, uh, really upset, really feeling dishonored, disgruntled, yet we place a facade up and we say, oh, no, no, everything's okay. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm great. I feel good. But we don't. That's being inauthentic. Right. Right. And what we're doing effectively is suppressing our truth. And the more we do that, the more that experience compounds, and the more comfortable we get in suppressing ourselves and the more likely we are to, for that suppression and that, that tension, that, that tense old uh, feeling that we have in our, in our neurology and in our emotional body um, to turn into, to manifest into something that is, that physically harms the body, i.e. cancer, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, multiple studies are being shown more and more that uh, our thoughts and, or, uh, or rather maybe it's not our thoughts, but our lack of uh, assimilated expression and our lack of authentic expression is really affecting our physiology in the way we function physically, our biology uh, yeah. at a molecular yeah, scale. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there's, there's, for me, that's what authenticity is. And then it's, just, it's, it's taking people through a journey of really assisting them in understanding that, hey, maybe it's actually not that scary to express who you are. And, hey, here are the benefits. So really equilibrating and neutralising um, their experience of, hey, if I'm authentic, I'm going to, there's, there's whatever fear it could be. It could be fear of ridicule, fear of being judged, fear of being seen, um, fear of being rejected, fear of being abandoned for expressing truth. Whatever the fears may be around that is identifying the fears and providing contrast, providing uh, a neutralised perspective where the individual can actually feel and, go, and say, wow, um, maybe there's actually more benefits than there are, or more pros than cons in, in um, in expressing my, my true self. And the great liberation and freedom that comes from that. Like, tremendous inner freedom. Tremendous. Oh, yeah, sure. I'd love to see the whole world, you know, free like that. Mm. I love that. Mm. Um, Bob, do you have any questions for Steph that you can think of off the bat? Have you got questions um, you want to ask him? Well, maybe a comment from my perspective about what love is about. Um, uh huh. Uh, because I think many of us in the Western world have been conditioned mm-hmm. to believe that love is a, like a romantic kind of relationship mm-hmm. only. Mm-hmm. And uh, that we have these unreal perspectives of, of what love really is when when love is really agape love. It's a love for everything. And mm-hmm. I think many of us over here in, in our part of the world have, uh, have, mm-hmm. have watched too many Hollywood movies where that's all they show is romantic, <laughs> generally. And uh, people are confused. You, they talk about love, but love is what the creator has created everything with. So mm-hmm. it's everywhere and in everything. Anyway, I, 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 I learn a lot more when I listen than when I speak, so I'm going to listen some more, Steph, to what you're saying. <laughs> Wonderful. Bob. Mhm. Love you both. Okay. Wonderful. Yes. Exactly. Um, okay. So I have spoken with um, many people in the last week and a half, and uh, every single one of them has gotten a divorce. <laughs> oh. So I noticed that you work with um, men and women. Um, do you think that you feel like we could take on just a little bit of this um, uh, apparently increasing uh, thing that's happening, definitely in North America, 
I don't know how it's looking over there for, for your part of the world, but over here we're having a definite increase in divorce and separation. And, mm. um, you know, um, I'm hopeful that, that you might have some positive um, advice for people um, who are maybe not there yet and are trying to save something or work with something, um, I think that would be my first question. Can we address people that are, you know, even people who are, like, quote-unquote, happily married are still complaining in my ear. Mm. So um, mm. <laughs> I would love to share this link with them after we're done, and um, and you can help them with this kind of thing. So, um, mm. So in in your in your um, alchemy work and in your experience and whatnot, have have you got um, something to offer for people who are definitely in need of help when it comes to relating with their partner, their current partner? Let's go with that one for starters, with their current partner. Let's just say that. So we can maybe help some people not get divorced. I don't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. Potentially, Potentially that, that, exactly. could always, that could always be mm. that could always be an option. Um, okay, so so firstly, we have to know ourselves. That's number one. Need to know ourselves. Too many people go into relationship not knowing self. Now, mm-hmm. of course, self is an evolving state. It's in constant flux. It's impermanent. The problem is that we spend so much time focusing on what's not really important, what I call the cultural clutter of society, that we don't make the time, the experiential time, to be with self. We don't make the time to pay attention to our inner workings. You know, what simple, simple things like what we like, what we dislike, what our highest values are, why we think we are here, you know, how, how we behave today in order to understand the fullness of who we are. Just mm-hmm. just connected pieces like that. We have to know ourselves because when we know ourselves, we know what we want to draw into life. And Bob made a really interesting point earlier about love, around this Hollywood version of love. Now, the Hollywood version of love is not wrong. It's actually right. It's a part of love, but it's only one stage. So the Hollywood version of love depicts the first stage of love which is which is highly biological and neurochemical so it's just the hormone release of dopamine and, and norepinephrine serotonin and oxytocin mm-hmm. and uh, vasopressin and so forth so it's just we're in that stage that honeymoon stage of uh of that neurochemical dump and the way we bond with someone and that, that occurs too so that we can bond so that we can mate so that we can be present what Hollywood does is just extend that that Hollywood that, that honeymoon period for like an eternity, which doesn't exist. That's not what happens. It's only a small part of love. So okay, let's take the honeymoon period, which generally lasts generally lasts three months to three years. So for some people, a lot longer. And let's make it last for a hundred years. So we have we have and we're bombarded with with Hollywood, right? which which do produce some fantastic produce some fantastic entertainment. But we're bombarded with this, and then we believe oh. Oh wow! Oh, so this this first stage of love is actually what love is all of life, and it's not at all. It's in the second and third stages of love development that we become 
that we, where the work is done, where we begin to really evolve and grow and expand ourselves. So, so we have to realize that, number one. That's, that's the first thing. I love it. Uh, and knowing Can you yourself, explain the second yeah. and third stages too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Can sure. You explain, what sure. are the second and third stages too, just so everybody knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so very, very briefly, very briefly, the second stage of, of love and intimacy in relationship is, is where the, what we call the work is done where the other really begins to trigger you and mirror you. Remember what we said earlier in the, in the conversation about our environment being a mirror for who we are. And, mm-hmm. and generally our partners will mirror the depth of our, our own wounding or our own pain. Generally, as a, as, a, as a simple guideline, we attract in our intimate partners what we unconsciously and consciously received and did not receive from our primary caregivers during our third of years. And we, we attempt to emulate and replicate this in some way, shape or form in our adult relationships to, to fill those voids because our voids become our values and we begin to pursue what is most important to us or what is most missing in our lives. So when our partners begin to trigger us, remember we've just had an experience of six months, one year, two years, three years of this, this high, this, this endorphin high, right? And then all of a sudden our partners are behaving in ways that are really triggering us unconsciously because we don't know ourselves enough. We don't know where our patterns are of behavior. We don't understand ourselves. We don't connect to ourselves. We don't know our emotional coping strategies. We, we lack emotional intelligence. I'm generalizing here, of course, please. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and therefore, we think, why, is our, why are our partners doing this? Maybe they're not for us. Bam, time to go. Let's separate. And we, 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 we do that so, because we're in a, also as part of our society. We're a quick-fix society. We're in, a, we're in a very rapidly growing society. We're in a, we're in a use and abuse society. And it's evident in, our, in the way we treat Mother Earth. It's evident in our um, extraction practices for resources. Um, everything is connected in life. We're at, at a macro level and a micro level. Macrocosm and microcosm. Mm-hmm. So, so we begin to, to observe these patterns. But the second stage of development is where the deep work is done. Where we, if we can sit with ourselves and sit with each other and respect and revere each other, and know that what's happening now is an opportunity for tremendous growth. We can be of service to each other and to ourselves. And the third stage of love becomes a very conscious, evolved stage of intimacy and relating. And it's, it's, there's, a, there's a combination of, of you, you don't transcend the physical by any means, but there is a transcendence that takes place, like a, 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 a metaphysical transcendence that takes place where we really begin to operate more in the realm of the ethereal, the immaterial. Um, it's of course grounded in the physical, but it's a, it's a deeper understanding of service. And that service extends not only to your own path and to the path of your partner, but to all of humanity. In fact, all of the cosmos. So in short, they're the, mm-hmm. the, the first stages of love, uh, first stages of love um, or these mm-hmm. three stages of love in this, in this context. Um, mm-hmm. That first stage is crucial, actually. That Hollywood stage, we call it the Hollywood stage, is actually crucial, crucial for us bonding and coming together. But we have to realize that there's just so much more than that. We need, uh, there's a friend of mine um, who's developed a, a system called Erotic IQ. She's in Melbourne. Brilliant. Brilliant. So it's, it's about really looking at the, the uh, intelligence around eroticism and around um, sexuality, but also the transcendence and the understanding of how that biology affects us and what it actually does to us. It dumbs us down as well. So with, with that in mind, we lose ability to do the work. Most people divorce because they cannot move through that second stage of love because they're so mm-hmm. fixated on this polarized perception of what love is. 
which is fractured, broken, and very unrealistic. Mm-hmm. 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 So, my, yeah, my there's, a, there's a variety. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go on. Go sorry. For it. No, no, go on. No, yeah, go on. No, go, 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 go. You're going. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, you go. No, you go. No, you go. No, you go. <laughs> uh, I love. It's so good. Um, thank you. Uh, what I was going to say was, um, yeah, the very there are varying reasons that I have heard from people, and they're across the board. So um, I'm thinking that this this third stage of this understanding our relationship to self and multidimensionally and, you know, the whole grand scheme of things, it might be best for the future of humanity for people to really get that part before they go looking or finding a partner. That's, that's the point. <laughs> right? That's the point. Because yeah, if we could do point. that, right, then we're good to grow, right? Yeah. And and yeah. I think that that's the thing here, right? Is we're good to grow because usually, and in, in my own experience, it's because of the lack of growth, right? That's what's happened. Mm. It's the lack of growth, the lack of uh, cooperation, right? And you mm. know, this this whole being willing to develop and to unfold in a different way, and to go with your partner in a different way, you know, then maybe you're not they're not thinking on that level. Who knows? Mm. There's a multitude mm. of reasons. Mm. Okay, so that was amazing, and I thank you for that, and I, and I hope that um, billion people, billions of people hear this interview. And, um, <laughs> okay, so that being said, um, there was something else interesting that I came across in, in your work, and I haven't had a, time, had a t- chance to check out the YouTube video. You have many wonderful YouTube videos, from what I can tell, also, and so, like thank Facebook you. Live stuff that you've done and recorded. So yes. I want everybody to know, the listeners to know, that there is a wealth of information from Steph Stefandos online. That's who you're listening to right now, everyone, is Steph Stefandos. And uh, he is a relational alchemist, and, um, and he's wonderful. So um, the one on, um, it was like um, Empowerment Through Loss, or um, it was a title like that, Steph. Do you know which one I'm talking about? It was like... Um, I think it was, so. Okay. I think I do, yeah. I think I do, but let me so, I can actually have a look. Yeah, I mean, and really basically what I just want to kind of tap into you about is for the people who have gone on to that separation, divorce, whatever, I've met many women also 26 years of marriage, they're now divorced, you know, they mm-hmm. waited till their children were grown, I've met men, you know, single dads, all, all kinds of people, and, um, and, and I think, you know, I'm a unity girl, I'm all for oneness, so this kind of stuff really strikes me, because, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it, and I know that when we see something, we're to address it, right, and we can help mm-hmm. with the oneness consciousness of what it is, so, when people have experienced great loss and loss, um, is there a technique in particular that you could share that helps them to um, perhaps recover in some way? Do you think that you could share something like that with us? Yeah, of course. Um, look, there's, there's five to seven stages of, of, of grief and loss, of course, and allowing ourselves in a very simple form. This is, this is information that we is so readily available, like literally typing stages of grief or stages of loss and mi- millions of bits of information are just streamed to green immediately within point mm-hmm. something of a second. 
Um, but there are five mm-hmm. stages of, of grief and loss. And, and the, the reality is that um, what we don't generally do as human beings, again, especially men, because we're not taught to feel our feelings. We have to feel mm-hmm. our feelings. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and if we allow ourselves to feel our feelings, um, what, what generally happens is we can progress through the pain of loss and suffering, the perceived pain of loss and suffering and, and grief, whatever it may be, um, with far, far greater efficacy. Um, and so allowing ourselves to feel, allowing ourselves to be in that space, allowing ourselves to immerse ourselves in the pain, in the, in the silence and the stillness and also the loudness of that pain. Uh, but again, because we are society's fractured and polarised, and we only pursue uh, feelings or emotions or states that are pleasant. We negate and we lose the tremendous power that comes from uh, feeling these feelings of, of shock and pain and guilt and shame and fear and sadness and anger and frustration there's, and, you know, depression, rejection, loneliness, all of that. Like there's, there's, great, there's great value in feeling these feelings when they come to us, when we experience them, mm-hmm. when we, we have to be present to them instead of ignoring and suppressing them because they don't go away. They don't, they don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, the, the, it's like if you, if you park, it's out of sight, out of mind, but it's out of conscious mind. It's not out of um, embodied being. So if you, if you drive somewhere and you, you park your car, we'll call it a, at a mall, and you go in the mall and you don't see your car, but your car is still there. And then you come back right. and you finish two hours later and you come back to your car and it's there still. Well, emotions mm-hmm. are like that. If we don't address and equilibrate, neutralise, connect to, uh, experience the fullness of that emotion, it resides within us still in some capacity. It's always there. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, mm-hmm. and, it, and it will affect us. Uh, with emotions that are so complex, it will affect us. So for people experiencing loss is... is being with the feelings of what that feels like. And it's painful, like it's, it's traumatising. And again, when we go back to knowing self, we, we, the more we know ourselves, the more we challenge our being, the more we place ourselves in circumstances that make us, allow us to be resilient and tough and give us a reference point for our own coping mechanisms, our own abilities and strength, inner strength. We know then, the more we know ourselves, the more we know, hey, I can move through this. Hey, I can get through this. I can persevere through this. I can transcend this state. But when people don't know themselves, they don't have a connection to themselves, they don't know what they're capable of. They don't know how far they can push themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's about mm-hmm. pushing mm-hmm. They don't know how far they can go, so they ignore, repress, suppress, push away. But in doing so, you're denying an integral aspect of self, a part of self that needs to be expressed, heard, and known. And the, the outcome and the effect of that is that you're denying your worthiness. You're denying your wholeness. That's dangerous, mm-hmm. and that's why people don't mm-hmm. get over loss. Sometimes loss takes right. a day, sometimes a minute, sometimes months, sometimes years. Dependent on the individual, their, their history, the way they move through the world, there's a number of different factors that affect that. But being present to the feelings is a starting point. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, when addressing uh, someone in a healing way, um, mm. I've experienced um, a visualization meditation with you before. And... Mm. Um, if you were to address that, just the very, very initial 
connection of knowing oneself. If we were to do a meditation that just addressed that basic connecting function, do you think that um, you could walk us through um, a visualization and a meditation that we could do for a few minutes um, on the show here so people could experience a little bit of your magic and alchemy, please? Yeah, I'd, I'd be honoured. Uh, just to clarify, so a um, okay. a, 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 a guided meditation on loss? I think of the first steps to healing. How about that? The first steps to healing. So that, say, if we have some, we have some adolescents, you know, who haven't had any mentorship, or if we have some people who, um, you know, just just need to learn how to and understand to connect and drop in and to create something for themselves that will set them on a journey of self-discovery, of setting them on a journey into caring enough, you know, to get there, to continue to do the work. Can you do something like that? I feel like you can. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, I feel like you can. I feel like you can. <laughs> so, you know, just you'll know what to do. I think you should just give mm-hmm. us a, can you give us a meditation and a visualization yeah. to work with? For wholeness, yeah, we can do okay? For wholeness, you know, to get it going. The like visualization for, for, for wholeness, yeah, for, um, sure. for really connecting to the fullness of who we are. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, let's do something. Okay, so if... Um, if everybody that is listening, and as you're listening to this, just begin to close down your eyes. Begin to connect to your breath. Begin to feel your body where you are. Perhaps you're seated, perhaps you're laying down. Spend a few moments to make yourself comfortable, soft and supple and relaxed. Begin to bring your focus on your breath. Continue to breathe in any way that is comfortable at this point in time. And with every exhale, completely release tension and what no longer serves you. Perhaps associate a color or a sound with that exhale. And as that sound or color leaves your body, you begin to move into a greater emergence of self, a greater feeling of wholeness, of fullness, of completeness. With every exhale, relax your body into your environment. And with every inhale, draw in what you need right here and right now could be an emotion, could be a color, could be a thought, be a feeling. Trust that you know what that is and bring that into your being. Continue to focus on your breath for the next few moments, perhaps focusing on that space on your upper lip where the air touches as you inhale and exhale or perhaps your focus is on your navel 
your solar plexus or your chest as you inhale and your body rises and as you exhale and your body softens. Continue to relax and know that you are safe, that you are present. How does it feel to be in silence? How does it feel to be in stillness? Can you find and connect to wisdom in stillness? Can you find and connect to truth in stillness? Visualize yourself now floating in a large body of water. Whatever comes to mind and heart first. Perhaps it's an ocean a lake, a stream, a pool, but floating in a large body of water, feeling at peace, feeling serene, feeling the stillness. It is in stillness that we discover our power, that we discover our truth, that we are able to connect to all that we are, have been and ever will be. Time disintegrates, time dissolves. We simply are. As you are floating in this large body of water, allow a sensation of relief to overcome you. Know this large body of water is your unconscious self. In fact, it is the connected and collective unconscious, inclusive of you and inclusive of all that is. Place your focus on and in your heart for a moment. Expand your heart. Allow it to fill the chest, your body. Feel its beat, feel its presence, feel its texture. Pay attention to any fracturing, any cracks, any holes, any gaps in your heart. Know that these gaps, these holes, these fractured lines are simply areas of self that require attention. Maybe even we may use the language healing. To be full, to feel wholeness. And as you identify these gaps, these cracks, these holes, but rather embrace this is an opportunity to move towards greater wholeness in this moment, greater completion. Allow the softness of the ocean or the water that you are immersed in floating 
to begin to fill these gaps. Perhaps there is a colour that comes with this filling of these gaps, these holes, these cracks. And as you begin to mend that area of your being, you feel that you are coming into greater wholeness, greater connection to self. Parts of you are being revealed and parts of you are now being re-empowered. As the revealing takes place, you become empowered with the wisdom of awareness. Your heart begins to feel full. You feel full, you feel empowered. As you feel empowered, you feel able, safe and confident. You are held in this large body of water and this large body of water represents all the wisdom that you ever need. Continue to place your concentration and your awareness on your heart and asking yourself if your heart feels fuller now. If you feel deeper connected. If you feel a greater wholeness within. Know that in stillness and silence, awareness comes to us in depth and breadth. The moment you will leave this sacred place where you find yourself connected and whole, you'll come back to your natural physical environment where you are now. Begin to move your hands, perhaps your feet. Begin to focus on your body. Begin to breathe a little bit deeper. And as you do so, as you begin to come back to where you are listening to this, know that there are parts of you now in this present moment that have unraveled and have brought you to greater wholeness. You are infinite potentiality and you are progression in motion. And with this, we're already open your eyes, come back to your breath and come back to your physical environment. Beautiful. How do you feel? I feel like we just healed the whole world. (laughs) (laughs) And myself. Myself and through myself, the whole world. That's how I feel. I feel like you're brilliant. And that was brilliant. And that's the meditation that people could go back to, to sort themselves out time and time again. 
That's fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you. So much. You're very welcome. It's my honor mm. and my pleasure. Mm. Brilliant. Brilliant. Bob, how are you feeling? Well, yeah, uh, thank you, Steph. That uh, was probably, in my experience, I'm 74 years old, so I've been around for a while. Um, the finest explanation or the finest feeling that mm-hmm. I have experienced from someone else speaking about this issue. So um, I think you have a, a wonderful talent to. Yeah, so gifted. We need to share this. We need to share this um, in as many ways as possible for all of humanity as we go through these challenging times in our evolution or our ascension into another dimension. So thank you, Steph. Um, I'm deeply humbled and I have, um, for whatever reason, and I would say because of the sincerity and the authenticity of your your being, Bob, and, and of course, yourself, Heidi, as well. I, I have tears in the back of my eyes. I'm very humbled that statement. I uh, I deeply revere people that have been on this earth for some time. I was very close to my grandparents. They passed away recently, and uh, and uh, I, I had the, the honour as well and the, the humble pleasure to uh, be of service to them in their final years. And uh, hey, you got me crying now, Bob. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and, I know. Yeah. Uh, I thanks, know. Bob, for um, for bringing for bringing a beautiful memory to my heart with respect to my my grandparents, which I was very close with, and uh, the wisdom that they imparted mm-hmm. to me is is something that uh, it's important to continue that that lineage. As, as you know, my grandfather seen. World War Two, and he he passed through a great deal uh, as a man, but also just as a human being. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of wi- wisdom in our in our older generation. Um, a, a lot of wisdom, a lot to learn. Um, I I bow in, in humility to that air within you, Bob. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you will. Mm. You guys will be fast. No, I have some very. Mm-hmm. My, my parents are very interesting. They just celebrated. They were alive. They're ninety. My my mom is ninety three. My dad is ninety four, and wow. they just celebrated their seventy fifth anniversary. And uh, I got to tell you, wow, all seventy five years were Steph. not always. Hope, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> they were not yeah. always harmonic. All those seventy five years, no. you know, with seven children and stuff, but uh, and fifteen grandchildren and great grandchildren, but whatever. But you know, they have learned uh, to honor one another and to be kind to one another over these years and. Uh, I think that's something that we should all strive to do is to just be mm-hmm. oh just be open to the fact that we're all different, we all have different experiences, and no two people on the planet have exactly the same opinions about things mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. but let's go back to the basics that we're all from one creator, and one creator mm-hmm. is all love, and uh, we are love and uh, so you have a great talent, Steph. I, I hope to we can, Heidi, you and I can share this uh, exercise. Oh, yeah. Steph. 
absolutely. Absolutely. I know. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Okay, my people, we have been listening and experiencing with Steph Stefandos. You can go to stephstefandos.com and uh, follow him on Facebook. And he's been putting out some great stuff uh, daily, I've seen. And um, hmm. I actually cried during the meditation. And, um, and I felt the healing of myself and all of humanity at the same time. So you're one powerfully <laughs> gifted man, my friend. And I'm happy to... To, that, that we found each other on this planet at this time. I feel super blessed and honored. Thank you. Thank you for spending your time with us today. And um, oh, Thank you. Oh, yay. Okay, come back soon, okay? We'll have you on the show again. Of course. And, um, of course. Uh, much love. Anything in closing? Any closing remarks uh, that you'd like to say? For me, just deeply grateful for the opportunity to connect with, with beautiful human beings and, and like-minded souls. And, and I'll be in the U.S. Um, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'll be in the U.S. in wow. a couple of weeks. Both, yeah. Great. On the East Coast and the West Coast. I'll be in Miami and Jamaica. And um, I have a, a fairly flexible schedule, but I've got a few... Um, Awesome. Maybe we can book you in Austin. I'll talk with you after this. Let's find out where where's your schedule going to be. Is it on the website? Can people find your schedule on your website so they can come catch you? My schedule won't be on Mm -hmm. my website, but people can can contact me directly if um, if there's any opportunities for for speaking or presenting or anything like that. Okay. Whilst I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's get you everywhere. That's awesome. I appreciate that. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Okay, well, I'm super turned on, tapped in, and excited um, to move forward on this planet knowing that you're here and Bob's here and our tribe is happening and everybody's coming together. So I love you. I thank you. I respect you. My friends, you have been listening to One Love Rising on Blog Talk Radio, and our guest today was Steph Stefandos, and um, I'm here with Bob Challenger, and my name is Heidi Little, and may you grow in love. Thank you so much, everyone, and we'll catch you next time. Steph, Bob, love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Much love. Love you. Much love. Okay. Much love. Thank you, Steph. Thank you so much. Thank you. Here we grow.